Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. This week we'll be discussing the five things that we've learned from this past season. What's going on guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Duck Gun Chronicles podcast. So this week we got a guest on and it's uh, Virginia Outdoors Unlimited. What's going on Thomas? Thanks for joining me tonight. So anyways guys, introduce the podcast a little bit. So... Um, we're going to be doing this pretty regularly, and uh, we're going to be doing it every Friday, hopefully, and except for when I can't. So, <laughs> but hopefully, it's uh, you know pretty often. I'm going to shoot for every week, and when I don't, I'll do it on a different night during that week. And then I'm going to be able to post the audio for anybody who wants to listen to audio of a podcast on iTunes on Wednesdays the following week. So. Anyways, guys, if you guys don't know who um, Virginia Outdoors Unlimited, and I expect almost everybody does because he's all over YouTube um, posting videos just as much as anybody, if not more. And uh, I mean, he's probably getting beat like by like freelance duck hunting and. <laughs> yeah, he beat you by a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but not all of us can just pump out you know four or five videos a week. So, um, what's going on, Brooks? How's it going, BM? Got a few people in the chat typing. Good stuff. I guess that's it's not working over here though. Oh well. Yeah. It is what it is. Yep. So anyways, um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am from Virginia. I am a senior in high school and I've been hunting for pretty much ten years now. I started off doing a lot of deer hunting and I worked my way into the duck hunting uh, world and I've been duck hunting pretty hard. This was be what I'd say my second year of really hunting hard. Um, I started my channel back in 2014, um, and this year has been kind of my first year really focusing on making a lot of a uh, lot of content. So, um, yeah, I just basically I'm a high schooler who likes to do a lot of duck hunting. Well, you're doing you're doing a great job on it, man. I got to say that uh, you're probably more mature than I was as a senior in high school. Just, <laughs> I mean, it shows in your hunting and your content. So, I mean, keep it up. So, uh, you said you're from Virginia. So, where do you hunt? You do you hunt like marshes or rivers or? Um, here in Virginia, I kind of hunt everything. So most of most of my spots are swamps, but um, I do hunt. Um, you know, some rivers. You have to go kind of east of us to get kind of traditional marshes. Um, but mainly, what I hunt is beaver ponds, um, swamps, and then smaller rivers. And if we do get a hard freeze, I'll go out and hunt our bigger rivers in my general area. Nice. So you say uh, a lot of the swamps, are those like public or private or? So most of the spots I hunt are public. Um, I do have uh, some private spots that I hunt. It's kind of a little bit of both, but I've had my most success this year on public um, hunting areas that are uh, basically either not known or not hunted very much. There's, you know, a couple really good secret areas here in Virginia that I hope stay that way um, that aren't very well publicized. And I've made uh, 
you know, the best of my hunting opportunities and uh, found some, you know, decent public spots. Nice, nice. And so uh, your prime, your primary uh, type of transportation you use out there is your kayak, right? Yeah, basically that's uh, what I like to use most of the time. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later on, but uh, I really like just the simplicity of the kayak and uh, also how quiet it is. You can sneak up on birds. Mm. You don't flush birds going into a spot in the morning. And uh, yeah, it's just really convenient and quiet. Nice. Yeah, I'm more of a, well, I haven't tried a kayak, but I use a canoe. And um, I thought about a kayak, but with my dog, I'm not sure like if I could, uh, <laughs> you know, get him to be still enough. I mean, they're pretty, from what I've heard, at least they're pretty, uh, you know, you can't tip them that easy. And so I don't know if adding the dog on the back or if if I'd even have room for him with, you know, decoys and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, all right. So uh, like you said, you've been creating content pretty regularly this year um, on YouTube. So you got, you got plans for the future for YouTube, or like you got any goals or... Yeah, I've been kind of uh, talking with especially one of my buddies um, and trying to kind of lay out what I'm going to plan on doing. You know, normally, especially last season, I kind of got done with duck season and then just had a lull, didn't create any content for a long time because, you know, hunting season goes out and I don't do a ton of fishing. But this year, I'm going to be doing some late goose season, um, you know, fishing, turkey hunting, trying to, you know, mix a lot of different content into my channel and, uh, you know, just hopefully build the channel as it goes. Nice. Yeah, I think I fall in the same category with that. You know, I try to do some fishing on the off season, but you know, duck season, like for us as YouTubers, mm-hmm. trying to do duck season, you have like what three months out of the year where you can like consistently create content. But you know, after that, it's just like, um, I mean, what are you gonna do? So like, I mean, I really enjoy fly fishing, so that's like my second hobby on YouTube. And then yeah, like you, I'm gonna try to you know I do some turkey hunting. I did like a video last year, but it, it, you know it didn't really get traction. I think because most of my audience is duck hunting, so yeah. you know it does put us in a weird situation, only having three months out of the year where we can create content. And it seems like the YouTube algorithms like geared towards people who can make content like weekly, all year long. And if we can't do that, you kind of fall off. Yeah. So. Um, and then beyond that, you got, are you, you said you're a senior high school. So next year are you going away for college or are you going to be able to stay home or yeah, that's the hope I'll be try. I'm going to stay at least in the state of Virginia, but I'll be hopefully in a different location. I won't be in the same, I won't be living in the same area. Um, but you know, wherever I go, I will be finding new spots to duck hunt and I'm sure I'll be driving back on the weekends to hunt my old spots. But, uh, yeah, the plan yeah. is right now to go to a state college. Yeah, that could be tough finding new spots, but it could be like, I mean, pretty cool just being able to hot, hunt new spots and, you know, new opportunities and yep. yeah. So anyways, I guess let's, uh, let's jump into the general topic we got for tonight. And our topic that we decided we're going to talk about is we're going to give you guys five tips each of, um, of ways we've learned from this season, this past season right here. So, I mean, before that, I'm going to, you know, what's up Lone Star Duck and uh, Michael, we got BM in here again and Peter, David, thanks for joining us guys. And uh, Peter, we'll, we'll take questions at the end. So um, I guess just we'll, we'll let you know when the Q&A starts and you guys can ask us that again. And, and what's going on Michaela? And yeah, Chief, Chief will be in some of the videos. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so general discussion. So first thing I got is, um, I mean, everybody knows when you duck hunt, goose hunt, you got to scout. 
And, uh, you know, one thing that I learned big from this year is um, you got to scout and know the times because just because you scout, like, um, not, it was like a, I think about a week ago, late season goose, we had a hunt and, you know, I'd scouted it out and got everybody ready to go. And, uh, you know, there's tons of birds back in this area of, of the river. You know, there's everywhere. I'm like, guys, we got to get out there. And so we went out there the next morning and I scouted it in the evening and the birds weren't even flying in until about 11 o'clock. So, um, you know, the time that you scout is just as important as scouting. Cause if you're not scouting, you don't know if they're going to be there in the morning because you know, the food of the roost from the roost to feeding and then back to the river. But by then we were, we we're leaving and the birds were flying in at noon. So, you know, the scouting time is pretty important. All right, so my first one was uh, take extra time for every action. Um, what I've learned a lot, especially what my dad likes to do, he really likes to cut it close in the morning. So, you know, he'll say, get up at a certain time, and I'll be like, that's that's too late. And then he'll be like, well, we have to vote. That's too late. And then get by a certain time. And, you know, uh, what I've learned is it can be kind of a cascade effect. You know, if you're late on one thing, then you start rushing yourself. You start forgetting things. You start messing up, and it just, um, just snowball effects. So I've been taking extra time this year for every action. So, you know, I lay out the plan in my mind the night before, say I need to be up at four o'clock. And if I need, if I think I need to be up at four o'clock, I'll set my alarm for three 30. If I want to be on the water at four at, let's say four 30, I get to the boat ramp at like four 15 or four 10. So I take extra time for every action because you know, you never know when something's going to go wrong. You're if in the morning, you know, tons of things can go wrong. So if you give yourself extra time, you can always um, kind of adjust for those mistakes. And also the thing with duck hunting is, if you get to a spot too early, that's not a that's not a bad thing, you know. Um, I don't have the problem of trying to beat people in, but I still like to get to my spot early, set up cameras, just hang out, listen to the marsh. Um, I like to have my decoys out early in case birds want to come land early. Um, so, and you know, if you're late in duck hunting, if you show up to the marsh 30 minutes late, you can miss the best time of the morning. If you're 30 minutes early, there's no problem with that. So it's what I've learned is it's. I mean, it, of course, it's always better to be early versus late, but. Um, I try to take extra time for every single action in the morning, you know, give myself five extra minutes to set up decoys or something like that, just so that I'm never running behind. Yeah, I definitely got to say that the first 10 minutes is always the best. First 10 minutes of shooting time. And I actually had a, a similar situation where I'd, uh, I took my baby sister hunting on Christmas Day this year. And, uh, you know, she's home from college, not used to like getting up at 530 in the morning. So can't blame her. But she overslept her alarm clock and, you know, she got to my house and we're like, all right, we're going to rush and still make it there on time. And so we got there, we got to the creek and the creek was so low that like we both couldn't be in the canoe and she doesn't have waders. So I had to get out of the canoe and I'm pushing the canoe and like, and then she's wearing like muck boots so she could stand in the water a couple places where it was really low, but it took us like a half hour to get to the main river. Then we go down another channel, down a creek. And by then we're 30 minutes late, like you're saying, and there's already ducks on the water. There's ducks flying overhead. And I mean, we're still able to shoot the limit, but you know, it's, it's never good to miss, you know, miss on that first early time. And, and like you said, I'm, I'm a fan of getting there earlier too, especially when you got cameras to set up. All that takes a little extra time too. <laughs> and also, I mean, if you, if you start rushing yourself, I mean, it can get dangerous, especially, I mean, a lot of duck hunters hunting cold weather. I mean, all it takes, if you start rushing yourself and you start making bad decisions, all it takes is one slip up and you can be in deep, deep trouble. Or your GoPro be in the water. I did that too. Rushing, trying to screw that on and right in the water. So then I bought a new one and then it started working miraculously a week later after it dried out. <laughs> nice. All right. So 
the next thing I got is choosing the right ammo for your gun. And I mean, that means patterning your shotgun. So the big mistake I made, which honestly was a doozy, um, my friend suggested a certain type of ammo to me. Um, it was Kent Fast Steels and great ammo, worked great in his gun. And so I'm like, sweet. And he's like, here's on sale. He sent me a link to the Capellas, it's on sale. So I bought a whole case of it. And then I took that ammo and I patterned my shotgun and it patterned like crap. <laughs> so I had a whole case of ammo and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna shoot it. So I shot like four boxes of it and like my accuracy was just, honestly, it was pretty bad. So, you know, now I got like the rest of that case that I just can't use with my shotgun because I mean, it's just, it just doesn't work. You gotta, and, and I switched to Winchester's. It's like the Walmart special. It's like $12 a box compared to like Kent Fastills. It's 22. I mean, it's really high quality ammo, but it doesn't matter if it's, if it's not going to work in your gun, if it's not going to pattern well, then you can't do that. You can't use it. So unfortunately learn that mistake the hard way. And I'll never do that again. I'll never buy a whole case of ammo that I haven't patterned to my shotgun. Yep, I actually made the same exact mistake. A friend of mine uh, recommended heavy metals before the start of last season. I was like, okay, gonna go out, bought like five boxes of heavy metal, went to the range, and or actually I went on my first hunt and I couldn't hit anything. And then I took him to the range and I was like, well, that's why uh, it was all over. And then I uh, patterned some uh, Remington Hyper Steel. They patterned great, and I've been using them ever since. Um, but my second one is be a bird watcher, not just a bird hunter. I feel like a lot of guys, um, you know, they kind of, they only think in the mind of a bird hunter, you know, they, they have their spots, they go to their spots, they hunt, they leave. That's basically the gist of it. Um, and like what you were saying about scouting, it's incredibly important, but also, you know, getting into your spots and watching how the ducks behave in those spots because ducks behave differently in different spots. So, um, a duck on the river is going to behave incredibly differently than a duck in a beaver swamp. So, you know, I love to go into the swamps and either get my binoculars out, get my really listen. Auditory um, listening is what I'd say is my best tool for scouting, not my eyes, but my ears. Um, and hearing if the ducks are feed chuckling, if they're quacking, if the drakes are whistling, you know, if there's teal in there, something like that. I mean, ducks, when they're vocal in those swamps, you can really hear them for a long ways away. Um, and another thing is, well, part of that is don't spook birds when you scout. I know a lot of people spook, they, they scout by, you know, walking into an area and flushing the birds up. And, you know, that might work in some areas, but for me, that has not worked at all. Uh, the past two years, every time I've jumped birds out of a beaver swamp or a beaver pond or even the river, they tend to not come back. So if you can, you know, just go in and listen to the birds and just see a few of them and then back out, that tends to work best for me because as soon as I spook the birds, even that little bit of pressure um, can totally ruin a spot. Yep, sounds sounds good. So uh, next one that I got is uh, um, one thing that I've, so, okay, let's start over on that one. So one thing that I learned this year is how important motion is. Now I've always heard people say like you gotta have motion in your in your set, and um, so this year I bought a two pack of the Baby Mojos, and um, I mean it doesn't matter if you're gonna use a jerk rig or if you're gonna use Lucky Duck or Mojo, just whatever. Um, but having that, especially early season with teal and wood ducks, like I mean I feel like I didn't even have to call; they're just landing right in my set. And um, you know last year just having the decoys out there it's just a big improvement and so i mean that's something i'm never i never want to hunt i mean i'd i'd say it's similar to not having a call like 
is just such a big part of it, having motion in your set. Because ducks, when especially when they're pressured, um, unless they're getting late, used to it late season, but they always see some type of motion out there when the ducks are feeding. And this goes back to what you're saying about watching them in the marsh. Like they're all swimming around. They're, you know, flapping their, their wings. They're making ripples all over the place. But if, if, um, you don't have any of that in your set on a still day, it's not very windy, then the birds are going to be able to pick that apart. And I mean, they'll probably just buzz by and it's way easier to shoot ducks that are decoying in. It's way more fun than shooting passing shots. So that's something that I'll probably do my best to never do again. I concur on that one. Um, my third one, something that's really helped me this year, and I, I think you probably do it too, is keeping really detailed statistics. Um, last season, I kept extremely detailed statistics. And one thing I've noticed this year is I've, last year, like I put a mark on my calendar this year, but in the la- last year during duck season, I went to the 2017 calendar and marked the calendar and wrote down, you know, where I want to go because I've, I kind of looked over my statistics from the last two years and I could see patterns, you know, the first, during the first two days of our late duck segment, the past two years, the birds have been in this exact spot. And, you know, I went in there and unfortunately my gun didn't work the first time, went in there the second time and got a few birds, but uh, keeping details statistics has really helped me, you know, wind direction, birds killed. Um, and, you know, it's also nice to be able to go and look back and say, well, I harvested yada, yada, yada this year. Um, like, I know I've harvested six new species for me by keeping statistics. Um, so I, it helps, you know, it helps with hunting, but it also helps, you know, just kind of keeping yourself up to date. Yep. Yeah, I agree on that. And I, I keep uh, pretty good stats, but, like, uh, I probably don't keep them as detailed as I need, like you're saying, like the dates and stuff and the wind direction. Um, I mean, I keep general stats, but, I mean, have you tried the the freelance duck hunting stats at all? No, I haven't. I just use my own kind of just Excel spreadsheet. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what his is, but it's like web-based. And I've tried it out um, a few times, and, I mean, I like it, and but I'm not sure, like, I can't remember. Are you able to see that, or is that part of the paid portion that can you see it, like, the, like, later on like the next year if you want to go on and look at okay yeah okay well yeah that's just another option for keeping your stats which i probably will start using that more often because like you said it's really good information just to be able to have your stats all right so the next one i got let's see All right, so another one is um, I got a new shotgun this year, and it goes along kind of with the ammo, but, um, you know, when you're getting a new gun, if you're not, like, comfortable mounting it, so it's actually right here, but um, I was having trouble with accuracy somewhat last year, and I think part of it was just the way I was mounting it, you know, going from I had an old A5 and going to the 20 gauge, from the 20 gauge to the 12, and just mounting it and not being in the perfect spot right away. And like when I'm just aiming slowly, like not in the heat of the moment, you know, I'll get it up there and I'll put it right in the right spot. And then I'll, you know, be able to pull the trigger. But like when ducks are flying in and everything's hectic, you just pull it up there and you're so used to your normal routine of doing it. You don't even think about it. And um, you're not aiming down, down the barrel correctly. And so just practice being able to pull it up there and get it in the spot you need, you know, pretty quickly. And, uh, 
you know, I saw a huge improvement. I mean, just from probably from hunting, but also I do this all the time, just walking around in my basement and like, you know, pick up my gun and practice mounting it and being able to put it right in the right spot every time. And when you're able to do that, you can be more consistent. You don't have to like think about it and it just becomes second nature. And from the beginning of the season, you know, with the getting the right ammo and being able to get my gun in the correct location when I mount it every time, you know, my accuracy went from trash just to, I mean, I was drilling everything. I barely ever missed two shots in a row. So that's all I got for that one. back if uh, you see my channel I do a lot of kayak hunting so um, this year I've had a lot of troubles with our boat so I've kind of taken on the mindset of going the smaller you can go the better in terms of moving parts and moving components because you know you get into cold weather and what I love about the kayak is if I have my kayak and I have my paddle I can get to the spot I want to get to just about every time there is not going to be a motor that's going to mess up on me a trailer or a tire and you know the more moving parts you bring into your hunt the more things that can go wrong so this year i've had we've had problems with our boat trailer our boat motor um and you know it can help if you keep your boat in good condition and we do try to keep our boat in good condition um but you know i always hear a lot of people talking about how they want a duck boat and how uh they want to go and you know hunt out of big blinds and things of that nature but the bigger you go the more moving parts the more um the more components of your duck hunt the more things that can go wrong, you know. Uh, I've had more hunts that I have that I've had problems on this year out of the boat than I've had in the last two years of my kayak, um, just because you know you you bring a boat into the equation and a lot of things can start going wrong versus yeah. a kayak where. Um, so yeah, if you can spend your time finding a good access to water where you can get your kayak in, I feel like that's um, or a canoe or something smaller that doesn't that's not running. It can you know make hunting a lot easier. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> one thing to add on that, I lost my paddle one year and I went out there and I didn't have it. <laughs> so like, you can have problems with kayak, but it's your own fault. Yeah. And, uh, but along with, yeah, we've had problems with motor not starting when it was really, really cold, but yeah, I agree. It's really nice having, uh, you know, a small craft without issues. Yep. So let's see. All right. So the last thing I got is just, um, one thing I guess kind of learned just kind of not, I, I already knew it, but just got to do it. It's just, sometimes you just got to go like, uh, you know, at the end of the season, um, you know, I didn't have necessarily a spot. My spot froze over and, uh, and you know, I, I didn't go, like I was just kind of lazy and, uh, <laughs> and sometimes you're like, ah, oh, should I go? Like, I don't know how this spot's going to be. I mean, you can go, you just, you just have to go. I mean, either that or scout and if um if you don't have a place to that's that you can scout or a place to go to i mean you can try somewhere new like i have a list of spots that i want to hit up and there's some of the same spots from last year and i still haven't gone so i mean you can scout at the same time you're hunting and just try new spots so i mean that's just something i, I gotta work on like some of the time i mean you only got 60 days to hunt mallards you know i mean if you got you got early teal season and late uh, goose season, then your season's a little bit longer, but if you're just hunting mallards, you only got the 60 days, so you got to make them, make them all count. And, uh, I mean, for this year and for future years, it's the long game, you know? Yep. I totally agree. I, I, I always find myself late season getting tired, you know, not going out on hunts when I should, um, waking up later. So, uh, if you can keep that drive going, you can outlast a lot of people. Cause I feel like a lot of people get the same way. They get tired late in the season 
and uh, spots free up because less people tend to be hunting. Yeah, um, yeah. So the last one this year is I've had to remind myself, you know, a couple of times, and I've been reminded of it by events in my area that uh, no duck is worth, you, you know, your own life. I've, you know, probably made some poor decisions this year. I've hunted, you know, a couple of days in 10 degrees in my kayak by myself, which, you know, probably isn't the smartest decision because if I go over in that kayak, I'm not going to have anybody to help um, get me out of a bad situation. But, uh, you know, I had two people in my very local area uh, died. They tried to cross a river at 7 p.m. to fix a duck blind. Um, and we had a snowstorm rolling on them and their boat was found the next day. And uh, they're they haven't found the people. But, you know, I've had to constantly remind myself, you know, sometimes sometimes you have to, you know, take use your better judgment and decide, uh, you know, duck hunting really isn't worth it some days, you know. Uh, if you can't be completely sure that you're going to be safe, it's just not worth it. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all I have on that one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So, yeah, I guess that's all we got for, well, I mean, I'm sure we could probably come up with a lot more things we learned from this year, but we'll yep. just keep it at that. <laughs> so next, um, let's do a little bit of a lightning round. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Well, mm -hmm. it's more than a few, um, about 10, um, give or take. And it's just going to be like one one uh, one word questions or a few words, like small questions and quick answers. Gotcha. So, all right, let's go with it. So, um, what's your gun? Uh, Stoger M3500. All right, and what's your dream gun? Stoger M3500. <laughs> uh, what ammo do you use? Uh, Remington Hypersteel number twos and three inch. Okay, uh, shot size number twos. And three inch. Okay. Uh, ducks or geese? Ducks. Face paint or no face paint? No face paint. Face mask. <laughs> beard or no beard? I uh, can't grow one. <laughs> rivers or lakes? Uh, rivers. Uh, water or fields? Water. Mojo or lucky duck? Lucky duck. Mm, mornings or evenings? Mornings, 100% morning. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a field hunter, I think it's always morning. So if that's all for the, the fast or the, the lightning round. So, oh, probably should not just bang and make loud noises. Oh, what up? What up, Flair? <laughs> hey, Peter, is Virginia, uh, is his mic loud enough now? I turned it up a little bit. Figured you turned me down a little bit so my voice couldn't make up for it. I'm pretty loud. <laughs> well, I was getting a little echo. I got you. I am K Show. All right, so. Wow. That's, cool. <laughs> that's kind of. Yeah. Um, so we got the, the QA going on. So anybody got some questions? Let's bring them up now. Thanks, David. Glad you enjoy him. Unless you're talking about Virginia Outdoors, I'm sure you enjoy his too. <laughs> Better, but still though. All right, I'll turn it. I'll turn it up some more. Any questions? You any get? You got any questions for me, Virginia? While we're waiting. Um, trying to think. So, are you a lucky duck or a mojo type of guy? You know, I would use either, and I like one of the things I really actually want to try is the Lucky Duck Splasher. It's got like the orange feet, and it sits up like on its butt. 
sticking yeah. up and it just got the feet going got the feet going and it splashes water and i think it i mean i don't know if it just looks cool to a hunter if it looks good to a duck but i mean it looks legit and i want to try one of those but all i got now is i just bought the the twin pack and the mojos so i mean they work but there's a lot of different things we could try yeah so gotcha. i mean i i definitely want to try like a duck at some point i mean they're just so expensive that it's hard to try you know multiple things really? i mean i got the two and it works yeah so yeah, yeah, I actually got mine for. I was looking at a Mojo for a long time, and I actually got mine for cheaper than any uh, any Mojos in my area. My Lucky Duck, I got it with the remote for I think like ninety bucks at Cabela's. So that was a pretty good deal, and I really like the remote. That definitely helps with the geese. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have a remote if you're gonna hunt geese too. Mm-hmm. All right, looks yeah. like oh. looks like we got a few questions now. Alrighty. All right, what cameras do you do you guys use? Gonna start recording my hunts next year. I need some help with the camera setup. Uh, that's that question's from Brooks. All right, so the main camera I use for like uh, just like interviews and B-roll is the Panasonic G7. Um, it's really good. I'm using it right now as my webcam as well. And then I got some off-brand GoPros. I wouldn't suggest them unless you uh, can't afford a GoPro, which I mean, there's probably a lot of people. But uh, <laughs> the, the GoPros are just way better, and I'm going to switch to one eventually. So GoPro Hero 5 and up, I would suggest if you're going to buy something like that. And then I also use my iPhone 7 Plus a lot right here. Um, this camera actually does – I'm pretty good. Anytime I don't want to you know, set up my main camera, I use this one. Um, but I, I need to start using the main camera more than this because it's just better quality. Um, how about you, Virginia? Yep, I use a – my main camera at this point is a GoPro Hero 5. Uh, I got that off Craigslist, I think, in December. And before that, or well, I still do have two GoPro Hero Plus 3 Silvers. Uh, and I have to say the GoPro Hero 5 has way better quality, especially when hunting, something that I didn't really think about when I was buying it. But uh, the stabilization, it makes, I used to not be a huge fan of, you know, the head mount or the gun mount. But with that GoPro Hero 5, with the stabilization, you can get decent shots out of, um, out of using it as a head mount. And, you know, I would like to get, you know, either a DSLR or, or a camcorder of some type. But uh, at this point, having three GoPros, it kind of lets me be pretty versatile in terms of angles when I'm hunting. And uh, yeah. I haven't really kind of moved into, into kind of uh, the better video quality aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah. And the Hero 5 does super good for almost everything. But yeah. I definitely do suggest having a main camera beyond that when you, when you can get one. And, uh, all right, so that's it for the camera. Um, I live in northern Indiana, the north zone of Indiana, uh, from David and from Will TR031. Um, me and my groups I hunt with, we shot 100 ducks this year. Right on the button, the last duck we killed was 100. <laughs> nice. Uh, how about you, Virginia? I think in terms of groups, I'm on a, or I can actually pull it up right now very quickly. Um, I know personally I'm on 61 birds this year. Um, I'm averaging nearly three birds per hunt, which in Virginia for me, I think that's pretty decent. And I think as a group, we've killed around 90. I haven't group hunted that much. Um, yeah. Every one I've gone on, I've shot a limit with my dad. And then I've shot, you know, every time I've gone on a group hunt, I've shot five plus birds. So Nice. Yeah, I had one group group hunt this year. It was uh, where we shot the six-man limit of mallards, and it really kind of inflated the rest of my season because – um, like I said, I'm, I'm averaging, you know, a, you know, two or three ducks a hunt, but you know, this end of the season definitely got some mallard, mallard limits with the colder weather, weather and better hunting. Gotcha. All right. 
Um, thoughts on 20 gauge. So I used a 20 gauge A5 all of last season. Didn't have a 12 gauge at all. And um, yeah, it, it does fine. You know, you can kill a goose with it. Uh, I actually shot a triple in one of my videos from earlier in the year. Three geese with the 20 gauge. Um, and I would suggest, though, if you are going to buy a 20 gauge, that you do get one with the mag that can take magnum shells. That way you can get three inch shells because shooting two and three quarters uh, for geese is, I mean, it's probably not going to be the best. So, I mean, I definitely think a 12 gauge is better, but a 20 gauge can get the, dop the job done pretty well. Any thoughts on that, Virginia Outdoors? Thomas? Gotcha. Um, would you rather shoot a big buck or eight ducks? Well, eight du uh, the limit for Indiana is six ducks, and I would take ducks over bucks any day of the week. Yeah, it depends on what type of birds they were. You know, if I got to shoot eight wood ducks or something, I, sh I can shoot <laughs> pretty much uh, anytime I want. Uh, at least earlier in the season. So I would take a big buck, but you know, if it, if it only, if it was, um, if it was mallards, black ducks, pintails, widgeon, uh, I would take ducks. But if they were other types of ducks, I'd probably take uh, a big buck. Nice. Well, um, I'll agree to disagree, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> my buddy's always trying to get a buck and, uh, I don't think I could skip that many duck hunts to <laughs> what it takes to get a big buck. And uh, I thought she just meant like one hunt, get a big buck. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If it's that, yeah, maybe I'd skip yeah. it. But like, what if you miss that, that limit of mallards, man? Yeah. No <laughs> I mean, it's personal preference. A lot of people love getting deer and like, it's a big adrenaline rush, but you know, I just honestly, I love the ducks more than anything. Yeah. I agree. As far as the hunting goes. Okay. Room team. Okay. Hey, cool, David. Maybe I'll see you out in the marsh sometime. All right. Well, anybody else got any questions? <laughs> Big bucks all the way. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're going to get banned, Will. I'm just kidding. I know that guy, so I can say that. It's just a joke. Um, so, yeah. Uh, last call on the questions. If not, then... Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, I am a strong believer in Avian X's. I used some old, some old beat up decoys. And I got my first Avian X decoys, and I've kind of just run with it ever since. Ever since, I love the durability of them. I love the soft plastic. I love the the way they look. Um, yeah, I just kind of love everything about them, and they do tend to run a little bit more expensive, but uh, I just love the way they look. And for me. I, I'm a decoy addict, so it has to be the way they look. <laughs> See, I bought I bought one when I started duck hunting, I bought twelve mallard ducks. I can't even remember the brand, so that's kinda bad. But I mean they're pretty cheap. And then ever since then I got uh, a six pack that my buddy's dad won in a raffle. And uh, I mean, the pretty cheap ones. That's why they didn't use them, I think. And then the next set I got was leftovers from somebody else who quit duck hunting. So I've just used like the, you know, the cheap way on decoys. I, I haven't really purchased any expensive ones yet, but I will have to sometime in the future. But I mean, from my experience, you don't really have to buy the, the real expensive ones on the decoys and you'll be fine. Nope, I totally agree. It's just for my personal preference. I love yeah. <laughs> those Avian X do look good. I saw like, uh, who was it? Drake, Drake, uh, Valley outdoors last year did a, um, 
uh, a review on them, and they looked. I mean, they looked really solid. So. Yeah. All right. It looks like we got that was from Brooks. Thanks for the question, Brooks. And uh, Peter, favorite ammo brand and doike, decoy brand. Uh, my favorite ammo. I mean, I think the heavy shot. I have not tried it though, so I can't say it's my favorite. But I definitely want to try it. It's just really expensive. And then so far, what's worked the best for me is the Winchesters, just off the Walmart Walmart shelf. I've got them from a 20 gauge. Got them from a 12 gauge. They're like 10 or 12 dollars a box. And they kill ducks and geese like nothing. Yep. And, and I, I'm a Remington Hyper Steel type of guy. I know a lot of people don't love those shells, but, uh, you know, you just got to use what works in your gun. It can be, you know, the Walmart shelf brands or uh, whatever, but I know the Hyper Steels work well on my gun, and I seem to shoot well with them, in my opinion. How much do those cost a box? I always get them on sale or wait till I get a good sale. I try to get them for $20 a box. If you buy them, you know, most of the year, they're going to run you $25 a box. Gotcha. $25 a box. Is that what you said? Yeah. A dollar. Okay. <laughs> Those are a little expensive. That's pretty, that's close to heavy shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just about the same price as heavy shot. And the sad thing is I bought a box before our late season came in. So basically a month and a half and I only have two boxes left of those. <laughs> nice. And I don't have a preference on the brand, I guess, of decoys right now. And he yeah. said Avian X. So, and then David, I've never hunt Willow Sloth public land. I think that's Southern Indiana. I haven't made it down there. Um, and I'm sure you haven't either. Cause that's Indiana. <laughs> Um, favorite waterfowl of all time from Eric, uh, favorite waterfowl. I mean, I want to shoot a pintail. I've never shot a pintail. That's my favorite probably. Yeah. I feel like everybody says the pintail and you know, if I wanted to shoot one duck, it would have to be the pintail, but my favorite waterfowl of all time has to be the widgeon. Um, I just like, for me, I want to, I shot one this year and I want to shoot a big Drake so badly. (laughs) And also they feed in such a distinct way um that it's, it's just really cool <laughs> nice yeah those do look cool i I'm, i haven't shot one of those either and those are on my list of things I, of birds i want to shoot i mean i want to shoot pintail widgeon um probably can <laughs> oh yeah canvas back uh some type of mallard hybrid mm-hmm. on my list too all right um what's up somewhere in wisconsin glad to see you here yeah i think the tangle free looked pretty good too um i definitely use that for my uh, texas rigs brooks <laughs> would you rather shoot a limit of mallards or catch a 25 inch brown trout and that's for my dad eric mm-hmm. and uh he's a big fly fisher too so <laughs> um luckily they're in different seasons so i never have to make that choice mm-hmm. um yeah. But I haven't caught I haven't caught a twenty five inch brown trout, so that's definitely on my list of things to do. Yeah, James, I, I agree. Winchester shells are pretty good. Yeah, for me it would have to be mallards. We go. Uh, I actually want to get some footage of it this year, but we there's a big lake out west of me that we go, and my dad catches seven eight pound brown brown trout. Um, oh wow! Every year. So. Do you uh, do you spinning gear or fly fishing? Uh, it's actually trolling. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Nice. And you say they're lake brown trout yeah like yeah like brown trout nice see where we go we go up in michigan and catch them up in the streams and rivers Uh uh-huh 
jump back up here uh, from Clay. Hey guys, do you guys, how do you guys obtain permission from landowners? So honestly, most of the time you don't, you just got to ask a ton because at least from where I'm at, I get a lot of no's. I'm probably about two yeses for every 100 no's. And that's not even a joke. That's about, about what it is. So, I mean, you just, uh, I mean, dress nice. Don't wear scummy clothes. Like I try to wear like a polo and jeans and I mean, don't be going up there with your face paint on and your camo and right after a hunt and be like, I saw some birds falling in your field. I wonder if I can hunt it. You know, you got to act like you're going to be someone who's going to take care of the property, someone they can trust. Um, and then another thing is, I don't know how other states do it, but Indiana has paperwork that um, you can sign that, that makes it so the landowner isn't liable for anything that happens while you're hunting. So you can tell them about that and have and sign it for them so that they know they're not liable. Um, but yeah, uh, just just ask a ton of people and look presentable while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, basically what you said here in Virginia, uh, I've basically almost given up on uh, asking for permission. You know, uh, you, most people, pretty much everybody who has land that you can hunt on either hunts it themselves doesn't want hunting or is it leasing it to someone because there's not many people left in at least my area that have a good duck hunting spot and don't know about it i mean most people if they have a good spot to hunt they either know about it and they're hunting it or they're leasing it to someone else uh yeah. so i basically just um i have one or two spots that i can access from uh but basically what i look for now is places to access i don't even ask to hunt yeah uh, because I just have kind of just given up. Yeah, that works well. One of my spots that I shoot limits um, pretty regularly is just a spot I got access to get on onto the river. And I mean, without that man, it would be like, cause uh, it's like a 45 minute paddle and I've done it before in my canoe, but like I can literally like walk in now instead. Yeah. So that's a saver. Yeah. And uh, for, for Indiana as well, like it's way easier to get permission for waterfowl than deer, but everyone, that's the thing. If they have people deer hunting, and deer hunting's huge in Indiana. Then again, they don't want you out there a lot of times. So um, let's. All right, Brooks. Yeah, we'll definitely have more uh, future podcasts coming out weekly next week at six o'clock. Uh, David, I, yeah, I've heard of uh, Willow Sloth Public Land, but I've never done it. It's Ithan. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know it was in Northwest Indiana. Uh, somewhere in Wisconsin, um, a lot of my spots are rivers and, uh, yeah, walk-ins, pretty much just rivers and walk-ins, honestly. And then, uh, some of the private places I go, uh, Tim and Hunter that I hunt with, they have permission from farmers and, um, you know, we get some pretty sweet private hunts that they're able to, you know, get access to. Um, I haven't had as much success getting access, but, um, they work in the farming industry and have connections with farmers. Uh, so that gives them, you know, a good connection with them. Um, decoy spreads for big butt. So Michael asks about decoy spreads for uh, big bodies of water. And actually, I don't have really much experience with that. Um, do you got anything to, to add into there? Yeah, uh, you know, it can really change. I like to basically go on kind of the idea you might have heard, match the hatch. So match what you're seeing. You know, if you see a lot of divers, try to throw out some diver decoys. 
one one thing that kind of is my secret trick especially when hunting ducks late season on big water i like to throw out a big goose spread and a couple pairs of mallards because the birds late in the season especially mallards um early in the season you're getting birds that are looking for mates but late in the season you're getting pairs of mallards that are just looking for somewhere quiet to feed so if you put out a lot of geese and just a couple pairs of mallards it makes it seem like it's a spot where there's you know good food source and ducks in the late season really like to hang out with ma- with geese or yeah like to hang out with geese is what i've seen so i like to throw out a big goose spread and just a couple pairs of mallards even when i'm targeting ducks nice uh let's go back down uh did i know flair was in here yeah i said hi to him um it's pretty close in here uh we were talking to uh, okay good answer Um, somewhere in Wisconsin ask what we do during the off season. So during the off season, I like to fly fish and, um, I honestly don't have a lot of other, you know, YouTube ideas yet. I'm going to turkey hunt and go for a deer before waterfowl season next year as well again. Um, but yeah, probably just mostly fly fishing and producing more waterfowl content all year this year. And, uh, you Thomas. Yeah, uh, I like to do some fishing. I have ring ring perch is kind of the first thing that comes into season for us. Uh, catfish, uh, I can go for pretty big catfish, 70, 80 pound catfish, uh, trout, you know. I can fish for a lot of different things, but mainly I like to turkey hunt. And uh, yeah, it's basically just fishing and turkey hunting in terms of non-waterfowl season stuff. Nice. Uh, David, as far as the Kankakee River, um, definitely on my bucket list for Indiana. Um, I know they got a sweet public access over there and hopefully I get over there at some point. Um, didn't get over there this year, but it's hard to scout cause it's, uh, a pretty good distance away from me. So I'm just going to have to go blind or, um, you know, take two days, one day to scout it, one day to hunt it. And somewhere in Wisconsin said, uh, he meant in general, general, not YouTube related. So, oh, not YouTube. I, I mean, I still fly fish. I just, uh, you know, document it with video. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much those are just the hobbies I have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I play a little bit of video games, not much, but yeah. Yeah, I'm about. I play video games, play some sports, um, and schoolwork. That's basically all I have time for. Uh, sports, video games, and schoolwork. What sports do you play? Uh, I've played just about everything: baseball, basketball, soccer, volleyball. So um, nice. Yeah. Like rec recreationally, or do you play like uh, school or high school? Yeah. Um, but baseball has always been my main sport, and I've just kind of played other sports here and there. Nice. Yeah, I played golf in high school. The real sport. <laughs> Not just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, you know, give give a hard time about golf not being, you know, because it's not as, you know, vigorous of a sport, you know, like football and basketball and baseball. But golf's more of a mental game. <laughs> yeah, my dad was really good at golf, but I've never kind of picked it up. Mm. Um, nice. Peter Letter asked earlier, what brand of kayaks would you recommend? I want to get into that. Okay, yeah, go ahead for that then. Um, so I'd say it's really up to you. Uh, I can give some general specifications in terms of what you're, what you probably want to look for. You're probably going to want to look for something that is, um, 31 inches wide or more or more. That kind of tends to be the baseline for something that's not too hard, um, 
is pretty stable. Uh, 12 to 13 feet if you uh, aren't having to maneuver too much. Um, and you definitely want a sit on top from what I've seen. You know, I have a couple of friends who swear by the sit-ins, but the problem with the sit-ins, especially if you hunt by yourself, is that getting in and out of the kayak can be really tough. So I can't, the only brand I can attest to myself is Future Beach. I really love my Future Beach Angler 144, and I, um, I'm going to make a video on that in the off season. But, uh, you know, the bigger and the more stable you can get tends to be the better uh and but you don't want to go too big you know 13 feet can be almost too much especially if you're hunting smaller water but you kind of just have to figure out exactly what's going to work out right for you so i actually have two kayaks and you know i'm able to hunt both the smaller swamps and the bigger water using two of the, both of those nice yeah i would say uh just you know if you're just starting off and you're not sure it's something you want to do uh you know, I would check Craigslist because that's where I got my canoe. I know it's not a kayak, but similar idea. Idea, And, like, they're way more expensive. You just go to, um, you know, whatever your local sporting goods store is, is around there, like Rogers or mm-hmm. Cabela's. Like, if you're buying a brand new one, they're really expensive. But you can go on Craigslist and get a cheap one and test it out for a season. If it's something you enjoy, then, you know, save up for the more pricey hunting style ones or the angler one that are built for hunting but yeah i would agree you got to have a sit on top not a sit in yep i was actually going to talk about that i was going to say craigslist 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 is one of my tips i've literally bought half of my gear off craigslist i got my kayak yeah. off craigslist it was a 900 hundred dollar kayak i got for 300 dollars. nice so you can yep. find red or the facebook marketplace i actually like that better than craigslist now yeah so actually here's a here's a good one uh from peter any chance your channel's being canceled due to lack of views or uh, with the YouTube rules. So, um, obviously Virginia outdoors, he's a, uh, much bigger channel. Um, so he doesn't have anything to worry about with that, but I do, and it's not actually getting canceled. So it's, uh, it's more of a, you lose your partner, um, perks, like the YouTube partner perks that you'd get, like as the tools or being able to monetize. So I'll lose all of that if I don't hit the 1000 subscribers by February 20th. So I'm really grinding hard at the end of this, you know, I got what, just a little bit less than a month left to, you know, get there and it's, you know, hopefully we make it there. So I definitely made it there in the views and all that. So we're good there. And either way I'll keep posting and keep making content and get there eventually. So it's not by any means anything like a crisis, um, as far as me losing my channel or anything. Um, I'll still be around just won't have the perks of being a partner until I get there and I will. Um, and then, hey, a subscriber. <laughs> Thanks, Outdoor Life. Um, all right, so got a question from Hutch. Uh, what's the craziest thing you've witnessed this season? So I guess for me, hmm. Uh, the craziest thing I witnessed was probably when I took my baby sister hunting on Christmas day and, uh, we literally were pulling up to the blind. Like I said, we're late, we're running late. We're coming in with the canoe and right in front of us, we're coming up the Creek. We can see the blind and like a pile of mallards just land in front of us. And I'm like, Oh, what the, like, Holy crap. They're right in front of us. And she's like doing the same thing, but she's pointing backwards. And here comes 30 mallards, like 25, 30 mallards come right over top of us in the canoe. And, uh, I mean, it was just crazy. You know, all these mallards coming in, we're not prepared. And, uh, I mean, I guess if you hunt all the time, you're seeing a ton of mallards, but like just having them all around us right on top of us is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say the craziest thing I've seen this season was, uh, opening day of our late season, uh, kind of both the hunt and my gun not working. It was 
like the most crazy the craziest thing i would have never expected my gun to just break i mean the the firing pin assembly broke uh mm. so i've heard that happen into a few people yeah on the benelli it just it just sheared off and the gun would not go would not fire but uh yeah i mean i had never seen basically at one point i looked up and there was every bar every bit of 300 ducks trying to land on my decoys and i swear to god to this day i could have killed my limit that day with an airsoft gun if you had given me an airsoft pistol i had mallards at five feet staring me in the eyes not knowing nice. what to do. um and just could not even like i would i should have been throwing rocks at them they were that close <laughs> nice which which video is that it's not a video because i i um it's just kind of <laughs> yeah i basically it's, it's an out it's an intro then a bunch of ducks flying in and then basically me throwing my gun into the swamp and leaving it. So, and okay. i really can't even every time i open up the uh the file i'm almost brought to tears by just like a bit of a honeycomb if, nice. if my gun had worked yeah that's the worst all right um yeah, guys, if you're here too, uh, another good channel to check out is somewhere in Wisconsin. He's coming on in a few weeks, and so he's uh, doing the same thing as me, um, just trying to grind out and get some good content out there for you guys and and get there to the 1,000 subscribers before uh, the deadline of February 20th. Eric asks, how important to your hunt is your dog, and what lessons have has chief learned this year so uh chief has been essential this year he's been <laughs> i mean pretty great uh i can't imagine how many birds you'd lose like just without a dog for me like some of the birds you know just landing pretty far away in like brush areas and i can't find them and obviously a dog with a great their great senses are able to just to bring them back and so um you know it's really been great to have them and uh you know i'll probably do a future video on it and uh just the improvement he's made from last year you can i mean because it's documented in my videos which is really cool for me to see he made his first retrieve on our last hunt of last year um and he retrieved uh all six geese we shot out of the river and so he did a great job he went from retrieving nothing to retrieving six geese so and then from this year you know he's just been able to track down a lot of the wounded birds and birds that we couldn't find in, in brush areas and bring them back so um, he's definitely got a long way to go, and we're going to be working hard training all of the offseason to get him where he needs to be. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just uh, going to be a work in progress, but it's awesome having a dog hunting. Mm -hmm. And you don't have a dog. No, nope, I do not. Not your yet. Dad, your dad has that. <laughs> okay. Yet. I've lost. Uh, I think like eight birds this season and I feel like I would have lost much much less than that with the dog but a lot of the spots I hunt especially out of my kayak I just could not get a dog in there um, and going off to college I will not have time to train a dog so I don't see a dog being part of my channel anytime in the immediate future unfortunately how about your dad does he I think you said in a previous video that your dad had a dog yeah he have... had, my dad had a really good hunting dog uh basically up until I was like three years old and he died and then we had a city uh, a Labrador but he was uh, more of a city dog. He was gun shy, so uh, he lived up until uh, he was he was put to sleep this summer. Um, he was fourteen or he was I think he was fifteen. He just turned fifteen, so uh, we're not really ready as a family for another dog, and I don't think we will be for a long time. But I feel like once I move off on my own, I I will eventually get a dog. Gotcha. Hey, Flair. Thanks for joining us again. Um. Yeah, Chief has not got better. I took him out one day, actually not even hunting. 
and uh, we worked on him coming into the water off the ice, and he did get a little better. So I haven't tested it in a hunting scenario, but we definitely have uh, worked on that a little bit. I mean, because that's something I don't I don't really know how to train out of him, him being scared to walk on the ice. Um, just hoping that his drive helps push him past that so that he does do it and learns that there's nothing to really be afraid of, that you just get past the ice, jump in the water, and you're good. So uh, good question, James. And Peter uh, Chief is a chocolate lab. And uh, thanks, Michael. Um, saying thanks to both of us. So anyways, guys, uh, we're over the hour mark, so I think I'm going to uh, cut it cut it here but thanks for everybody for joining us it's uh, been an awesome first episode of the podcast thanks Virginia Outdoors for uh, Virginia Outdoors for joining me I really appreciate it it was an awesome time talking with you and discussing stuff and we'll definitely have to do it again sometime if you're up for it yeah definitely I will definitely be up for it it was a lot of fun yeah it was definitely a, a success I think and so next week guys we have Mid Valley Mercenaries coming on it's going to be at 6 o'clock eastern time so make sure you're there and uh, hit that bell, guys. The little bell will give you a reminder of when we go live. And uh, if you guys have made it this long and you're here still watching us and you haven't subbed, hit that sub button, guys. It really helps me out. And that being said, we'll see you guys next time. Let's go. <laughs>